Good morning, this is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today we're here with Pastor Stephen Morrison, who is the pastor at Cookville Church of the Nazarene. We'll be discussing his calling and his ministries at the Church of the Nazarene. They meet on Sundays at 1040 for worship. They have Bible studies going on at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights, and they have activities and Bible studies for the whole family throughout the week. So we are very glad to have you here this morning, Stephen. Thank you and welcome. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, Thanks for inviting me. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Tell us a little bit about Stephen Morrison, the man. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? So uh, I was born in Denver, Colorado. Only got to enjoy the Rockies for six months of my life before we moved to uh, Iowa. And so I I was raised in Iowa. My dad is also uh, a pastor in the Nazarene Church. And so it's the family business. Yes. Yeah. Actually, his dad was a pastor wow. and uh, I'm, I think I'm fourth generation Nazarene and third generation pastor. So, wow. yeah. Um, so we uh, lived on the eastern side of the state when I was young, but I call Sioux City on the western side of the state my home. That's where um, I made friends and grew up and yeah. went to went to college in uh, Olathe, Kansas. So I'm a Midwesterner out here in the South. Well, what do you think about this accent that you've encountered in Tennessee? <laughs> I, I, I like to tell people that uh, Kansas, Iowa, is it's very similar to Tennessee, but Tennessee just adds a Southern twang to it. Yes. Have you mastered y'all? Yes. yes. Yeah. That word just makes sense to me. So <laughs> I've totally adapted it. It makes more sense than you guys. That's and it's great. simpler. Yeah. You've got use guys. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I have a yeah. friend from New York who says use guys. Use guys. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about growing up in Iowa. Do you have any childhood memories? When I think of Iowa, it seems very nostalgic to me. Yes. Uh, there's not there's not a ton of landmarks or sites to see. And so you kind of, uh, you, you grow, it's very communal. And so uh, a lot of my memories are um, campouts and uh, which I, from what I hear from people around here, around the Smokies, that, that that's very common experience. Yes. So I, I grew up around the fire. We went camping every summer as a family um, in other states that had more interesting things to do. Okay. And, uh, but I, I miss, uh, most about Iowa sweet corn and yes. pork chops. You, there really is a big difference in the, in the pork in really? Iowa. Yes. I, okay. I, what is it? Texture, flavor? It's yeah, it's a richer flavor. And, uh, I guess it's the difference between Angus beef and, uh, and, and standard USA, USDA beef. And gotcha. it's just very rich. I don't know how to describe it, but I, when I go home, I can tell the difference. So if we want a good pork chop, we're going to head to Iowa. That's right. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. What about growing up? Did you have siblings? Yes. I have two younger brothers. Are they um, in ministry too? Yes. They, well, oh, wow. Yeah. So my brother, uh, David, my middle brother, he is uh, a missionary to South America. Wow. He was in a, a Christian uh, metal band whose witness was well known all over the world. Cool. Uh, and yeah. And then was called to the mission field. And he's actually moving to Johnson City to help plant a church and ministry school with a buddy from his previous music 
Wow. Yeah. And then my, my little brother, Michael, teaches at a teaches math at a Nazarene university okay. and is married to uh, a, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. So well, I was just kidding when I said the family business. Yeah. But it really <laughs> no, is. No, yeah. It's, it seems it? that uh, uh, my parents were excellent role models. Um, and sometimes in spite of what we witnessed in the church, sure. what we saw in mom and dad was authentic and real. And I think that that uh, was a big part of our inspiration and the freedom of the spirit to move us that direction as well. Wow. What so. were you like as a kid? <laughs> um, Are you so the oldest? I am the oldest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, uh, I, I like to read. I'm logical. I, I, I like to think about things. I like to discuss and converse, um, which also made me, I guess, a little bit of a, a black sheep. Oh, <laughs> uh, some, okay. some might have said. So I... I just, I had a lot of skepticism and questions and, uh, it, it, that is starting, it's starting to be different in the church, but even, even in the nineties growing up, there wasn't a lot of space for that in the church for a lot of skepticism and questions. And, uh, so some of the, the, some of the way that, that my family was treated and then some of the way that I was treated, um, kind of drove me away for a while. Right. But as I mentioned, my mom and dad were always authentic and there were, it seemed like there were always people in my life who were, who were real and, um, who really cared about me as a person in spite of myself sometimes. Right. And, uh, so I, I, I played sports. I, I was very outgoing and involved in the community, but for a while I was away from the church and all of those things. And, um, so that kind of became my identity a little bit growing up in a pastor's home. Well, that's Just interesting. Kind of a rebel. Yeah. Yeah. A rebel. Yeah. A rebel who comes back to the church. That's, after, that's right. After yeah. a little break. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. We're going to take a little break and we'll be back in just a moment with more from Pastor Stephen Morrison. I'm Dana Hornby and you're listening to The Calling. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Denna Hornby, and we're back with Pastor Stephen Morrison, who is the pastor at the Cookville Church of the Nazarene. Stephen, you were telling us before our break that you had taken a little break yourself from the church. And so I'm interested to know how, after a break from the church, you end up in a pulpit. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about your calling. Yeah, so I I knew God was directing me that way when I was 13 years old. It was something I just, just an impression that I felt on my heart. And as I've done some self-reflection looking back, I think that scared me a little bit. Sure. Um, but for about a year, I pursued that wholeheartedly. I really grew in my faith. Um, I, I chose to trust in some areas that I was struggling to understand in the scriptures. And some people might think when you're 13 years old, how, how much understanding do you have? But you'd be surprised how much your kids are paying attention to the faith that you're building at home. And, um, but at about 14 years old, I really started to drift. I was, it was my, my life and, and my interest in just being around people put me around a lot of uh, diverse people and I made choices and one choice leads to another and I drifted far, far away. But um, when I was 17 going into my senior year of high school, um, I still continued to participate in the church even as my heart was away from it. And we, I went to this event called Nazarene Youth Conference. It happens every four years. And um, again, felt that impression right. uh, to do uh, God's work in the church, to be a minister, to be a missionary, to be a pastor or something. And, um, and I, 
I surrendered to that. And to this day, I couldn't tell you why I couldn't explain to you why such a dramatic shift, except for the supernatural power of God that I believe in. Yeah. Um, of course, it was a roller coaster ride from there. I went to uh, to Mid American Nazarene University to prepare for that, uh, but I still very I had habits and uh, lifestyle patterns that were constantly drawing me away from my faith. But I God put in my life a few good friends who kept me grounded, who were consistent, who loved me, who prayed for me. And uh, it's really just been a sandpapering process from there, uh, just smoothing out the rough edges. And, and God's still doing that in my heart. You know, sure. 15 years later, here I am. And I'm, I'm not even close to a finished product <laughs> at all. I love the way you put that, a sandpapering project, <laughs> because we're all in that position. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's God, wonderful. Wherever you're at, God, God is smoothing one thing out at a time, and he has a way of just revealing it at just the right time. He gives us what we can bear. That's been my, God has been so faithful. That's been my experience of him. Uh, just consistent, never too much, uh, all, always enough. Yeah. So, you know, I can imagine growing up with a, a family history of church work and pastors in your family, you, you've heard a lot of sermons. <laughs> yes, I have. How did it feel for you the first time you stepped into the pulpit for your first sermon? So, and yeah, the first time I did that was actually um, for Clash Chapel, my sophomore year of college. Yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, having written kind of a transcript and asking my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, oh. Casey, um, to... To uh, proofread it, and then, uh, and then I kind of gave the message to her and a couple of my friends in my dorm room, and asked them to <laughs> critique it. And I was so nervous. Sure. I, I was so very nervous. Um, it's so humbling it, to think about anybody giving consideration to your perception of God's message, of your your understanding of the scriptures, and. I remember not saying anything like what I practiced. I remember being totally terrified and coming out of the pulpit and wondering what God was thinking in asking me to do that. And, uh, you thinking God? yeah, yeah. And it just, so it was, I was a, I was a total wreck, but yeah. as all, even to this day, I, sometimes I still get nerves and, but God, sometimes what God is speaking is much different than what I imagine in my own head, but he's always speaking to people. And it just reminds me, I'm just a, I'm just a vessel, right. um, which is good because if, if it was on my shoulders, I am sure I would drop the ball. It's too big. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah. 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 Do you have a favorite scripture? Uh, yes. Hebrews chapter 12 okay. verses one through four. Um, this we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses um, and, and so we have this faith that has gone before us. Um, God has marked out a path for us to run. We're throwing off the things that are entangling us and the sin that hinders us. And then verse four, just kind of, it puts it all into perspective, uh, says in your struggle against sin, you've not yet shed your blood. And it's a reminder. It's kind of the reminder that we, when we come to the communion table, that Jesus body was broken first, his blood was poured out first, um, he, first John says we love because he first loved us. Uh, and, and that, that is kind of what ties it all together. I'm running this race. It's the same race that Jesus ran. He's equipping us. He's empowering us. And, and so I can keep going and, and, and I will, cause it's, 
it's the path worth following. That is uh, sort of your experience having grown up, isn't yes, it? Yeah. Leaving the church, coming back, and now a pastor. Yeah, yep. So you mentioned that you had your girlfriend, who is now your wife, yes. proofread uh-huh. and uh, sort of let you practice your first sermon on uh-huh. her. Do you use your family in sermons? Are they ever uh, examples? <laughs> I do, yeah. My, I have young kids right now. They're they're six, four, and one. Oh. And, and so, what are their names? Uh, Joel is my oldest. Uh, Rhett is my middle son, and then we have a baby girl who's one years old. Yeah. One year old. She's her name's Macy. And uh, right now, I tell stories about them. I know that as they get older, I'm going to be more cautious about that. When I talk about my marriage, I usually just say, "Hey, I was thinking about uh, illustrating something this way." It. Is, is there, are you okay with that? Right. Uh, what do you think about the presentation? And, and, but we're a, we're an open book as a family. Uh, Casey has really embraced this ministry life. Um, we're, we, we like to have people in our, in our church, into our home. Uh, and so generally speaking, uh, we're pretty free to share, share those things, but it's just, it's a, it's a matter of respect and love for my wife too, mm-hmm. to run that buyer. And I, I intend to give my, my kids as they grow in autonomy, that privilege as well, that, I'm not going to throw them under the bus to make a point or anything like that. That's great. You won't be in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want my family, I want the ministry to be a blessing to them, not something they resent. And, sure. The yeah. whole family's in ministry. That's right. Yeah. That's right. People don't realize that sometimes. Just the fishbowl you live in and right. the way that the, the, the pressure and the weight that it can put on a family and, um, I, I haven't grown up in that, in a household like that. I, I think about that a lot. Uh, in fact, I was, that was one of my fears of ministry was I'm choosing this now, but my family doesn't get a choice. Right. Uh, and so that yeah. was something I had to surrender in that process was, God, I give you all of myself past, present and future. So you're listening to the calling. Our guest today is pastor Stephen Morrison from Cookville church of the Nazarene. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back with Pastor Stephen Morrison from Cookville Church of the Nazarene. And Pastor Stephen would like to share a motivational moment. (laughs) So uh, earlier this summer, I had an experience that just with my family that really struck me uh, in a profound way. We went on a weekend getaway. We stayed in a hotel. You've heard my kids are young. And so they're, of course, excited about the hotel experience as much as the destination and they're very excited to swim in the pool. And at that time, they'd not yet learned to swim. And so we still did the floaty thing. And my two boys that are six and four, they uh, kind of approached the experience really differently. One one of them totally fearless. The other curious but cautious. Uh, one went out to the deep end within minutes and the other preferred to practice in the shallows. Uh, of course, it was the younger that went out into the deep end and he's hollering to his big brother, you got to come out here. And he's, he's kind of beckoning him to venture out. And I, I kind of uh, echoed that encouragement and I offered this reassurance to Joel. I just said, Joel, I'm going to be with you the whole way. My only worry and care is you because I'm so big. My feet touch the bottom. So I don't have to worry about anything else. All my focus is on you. I love you and I will not let you drown. And he, he was still apprehensive though. He was still not sure. And, and I, so I told him, I said, I understand why you're afraid, Joel, and it's okay that you are, but I want you to be courageous. Don't let fear have the final say. Don't let fear limit your experience of this great big world. 
And uh, it made made me think about, uh, at the time I was preparing uh, for our Sunday night Bible study on Joshua, which we're in the middle of right now. And in Joshua chapter one, God's preparing to lead his people into the promised land. And we see kind of a similar exchange that the text doesn't tell us Joshua was afraid directly, but indirectly, God repeatedly is saying, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. So we can we can ascertain that God was trying to tell something to Joshua's heart. Um, He repeatedly assures Joshua, the task is big, but I am with you. So be strong and courageous. I understand why you might be afraid, but I love you and I won't let you sink. I'm so big, my feet are touching the bottom, so you don't have to have any worry about my ability to care for you. Don't let fear have the final say. Embrace my nearness to you and my love for you. Stick with me and I'll never let you drown. I'll never let you go down. Romans 8 tells us that God, if God is for us, nothing can be against us, that his love is what makes us more than conquerors, that there's nothing that can separate us from that love in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that if you feel far away, even though we know that promise, God's with us, we're conquerors, sometimes we still feel far away. Well, David tells us in Psalm 34, 18, that he's near to the brokenhearted and to those that are crushed in spirit. And I just believe that that shows us that God may never be nearer than when you feel like he's far away. Our fear limits us. Uh, from experiencing the faithfulness of God and the fullness of his promise. But in fact, he is right there and he's assuring us, I won't let you drown. You're my only focus. And and may, maybe this morning you feel like you've ran away from him. You're too far gone. I just want to point you to the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. The father is eagerly watching for you to just turn to him. He 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 will take you back into his care and his guidance. He has nothing but grace and mercy waiting for you. Our God is big and he is faithful and he has all of his focus fixated on us, his kids. So I I hope that this morning that lifts your spirit. I hope that speaks to somebody this morning. I know it has been with me all summer long. Thank you so much, Pastor Stephen, for that beautiful devotion. I'm Denna Hornby. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. We're back with The Calling. I'm Denna Hornby, and we're here this morning with Pastor Stephen Morrison from Cookville Church of the Nazarene. Stephen, this is my favorite segment of the show. <laughs> I bet it is. I get to toy with you <laughs> yeah, a, just bet. a little bit. <laughs> uh, we call this the top five questions. And you, I'm going to ask you five questions, and you can either pass, skip, or you can plead the fifth okay, okay. if you like. All right. Um, but it's just fun questions, so don't get too stressed. I think I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Question one. When is the last time you've been pulled over by a cop? <laughs> just uh about a month ago oh. <laughs> to be honest uh, so uh, our church has a really long drive out to the street and uh, i was at the church uh, late in the evening and I-, I was really worn out and so i i'm going down the drive and there's kind of a car coming around the corner yeah. and i just wanted to get home and so i i didn't slow down at all and i so i drove out in front of him i didn't cut him off it wasn't unsafe of course it's easy for me to say now but (laughs) (laughs) but but uh it turned out it didn't take me long to realize that it was a police officer that i turned out in front of without stopping and 
this uh, uh, gentleman pulled me over, and I love the way you yeah. refer to him as gentleman. He, he was, and he really was. He was very, he was wonderful. Yes. Um, and I just was honest with him. I just said, "I'm tired. I I was in a rush because I want to be home. Want to <laughs> just get sit on the couch." And and he he was like, "Okay, I'll let me see your license and registration." And went and ran my stuff. And he came back and and he said, "Okay, sir. Well, I just wanted to be sure that." Uh, there wasn't, you weren't causing any trouble there. And, you know, you really need to stop. And he was just super, super nice. And he let me off with nothing. And uh, so I was very thankful. That's, uh, he was very much a gentleman. He was yes. very, very kind to me to let me go because I was being careless for sure. Did you tell him you were the pastor? I didn't. No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be patronizing and try and throw any kind of name around. So <laughs> I figured if he asked anything about the church, I would I yeah. just say, well, I, I work there. Yeah. See, that's integrity. <laughs> uh, well, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And thank you to the Cookville Police Department Indeed. for all that you do yes. to keep us safe, sometimes even safe from ourselves. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> safe from our tired, worn out selves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Second question. This question kind of has two parts. Okay. All right. Okay. So first, cake or pie? Pie. Pie? What kind of pie? Key lime or any kind of pecan, regular pecan or chocolate pecan. Okay. Yeah. Pecan, you know, some say pecan. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I can say that. My grandpa had a, a pecan tree in he his did? backyard wow. and he retired in Louisiana and he had a pecan tree. And I used I grew up helping him crack those pecans, pecans. And, and he called them pecans and he insisted that that was the correct way to say it. I so, love it. So now we know. Yeah, that's pecan. right. It, it, the debate is settled. Okay. <laughs> Next question. It's still part of question two. Sushi or tacos? Oh man, that's tough. Yeah. But sushi, uh, I love Eastern food is my favorite. Yeah. Japanese, Chinese, Thai, Indian. That's mm. kind of my my sweet spot. I love sushi. Fuji here in town. Yeah, there are a lot of good it's, restaurants. Uh, in yeah, there's yeah, several good places. That's where I like to go the most. Though. Yeah. Oh great. <laughs> I love Do you it. have a favorite sushi? Uh, well, I like to I like to get a special roll from from whatever restaurant I'm at, something that's local and special, okay. but kind of my go-to would be, uh, just, a just an eel, uh, eel roll. I love the eel sauce and we have good sushi. here. Yeah, we yeah. really do. Yeah. Overall, we just have a lot it? of culture. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's because of the university being here, we get, uh, all kinds of experiences and backgrounds, but yeah. Okay. Question three, what do you think about when you're alone in your car? <laughs> probably depends on the day sometimes uh sometimes i'm just trying to wash off the conversation the last conversation of the day just trying to turn that over to god and be free of it uh sometimes i'm sometimes uh i'm gearing myself up to go home and not bring any stress into the household i'm just i'm praying for my kids i'm praying for my wife i'm i'm thinking about how i'm gonna what i'm gonna help with or how i'm gonna engage when i get home because being a parent really is an active activity it's something we have to do in our mind is so that we can then do it at outside when we get there uh, that's probably most common i'm i'm trying to process something from the office and i'm trying to 
wash off whatever happens and get ready to go love on my kids and my wife. So. Especially with three littles. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they all need a piece of dad. And That's a lot of energy when you get home from work at night. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is. And with God's help, we manage. <laughs> okay. Question number four. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would you put on your billboard? Oh, my goodness. Um, boy, that's a really good question. I, that's one I should think about. <laughs> you um, know, you can pass or plead the fifth. I don't have something that's popping right into my head. Uh, so I'll, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's great because I love this last question. It usually puts people on the spot. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> What's the best joke you know? The best joke I know. Cleanest, maybe? Uh, yeah. uh, any joke that my kids tell, which don't make a lot of sense. Or those are my those. those are my favorite jokes because I like to see their imagination and the wheels turning and they're trying to put together. Or if they hear one at school that they just think is really profound, the oldest one has to share it with me. And then the youngest one is trying to parrot or mime it. And uh, that's those are my favorite I love it. I love those. Okay, so I'm going to give you this one to tell the kids. When okay. You get home. So it's sort of a realistic uh, situation for you. A duck is driving down the road, and the duck gets pulled over by a policeman. And the policeman tells the duck that he's going to get a ticket. <laughs> I see. Okay. And the duck says to the policeman, "Put it on my bill." <laughs> that's good well you can that's tell very the good i will least. i'm going to share that with them <laughs> joel will think that's really funny especially yeah okay it has been such a delight to share this time with you this morning pastor stephen morrison tell us again uh tell us the address of the cookville church of the nazarene and then the times that you're meeting throughout the week okay so 360 south old kentucky old kentucky roads right up the hill from burger king off of 111 um, and we meet on Sunday morning at 1040, Sunday evening at six, Wednesday evening at six. And then we have, uh, uh, ladies Bible study, um, and, and, uh, young adults get together. There's all kinds of activities and things through the week, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, we, we are, we want to be a place to belong for every person. So, uh, we try to fill that space through the week and we'd be happy for you to come and join us sometime. Wonderful. Thank you, Stephen, for joining me today and for discussing your ministry and all the ministries happening at the Cookville Church of the Nazarene. We look forward to uh, seeing what happens for you, what God has in store. Yes. Thanks be to God. I'm Dana Hornby, and this has been The Calling.